Captain Marvel. The Annihilator. You took everything from me. And now I'm returning the favor. It is still months away from its release date, but already things are not looking good for the Marvels. Two months out from its premiere date, all of the cast and crew should be absolutely buzzing with excitement, just so anxious for the world to see this movie that they've worked so hard on and that they are hopefully so proud of. But instead, for some reason, we have headlines like this. From Bounding into Comics, director Nia DaCosta implies she's done with Marvel Studios productions after the Marvels. Well, that's not great. That doesn't sound very enthusiastic. What could have happened there, you might be wondering. Well, it's written here that in an interview with Vanity Fair, DaCosta complained throughout the interview about how stressful and demanding the production was for the film. Vanity Fair's Rebecca Ford reported she loved production, she says, but admitted there were days when she texted Destin Daniel Cretton, who directed Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, things like, I'm overwhelmed and I'm so stressed. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I understand that sometimes the most stressful and taxing projects turn out to be the most worthwhile ones as well. And sometimes you come up with a finished product that is so good because you've put your heart and soul into something. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that this director was maybe taken out of her comfort zone with the Marvels, but it seems like from other quotes that she was just ill-suited to the project to begin with. It says that DaCosta added, sometimes you'd be in a scene and you'd be like, what the hell does any of this shiz mean? Or an actor's looking at some crazy thing happening in space and they're actually looking at a blue X. There were obviously hard days and days where you're like, this just isn't working. The MCU lately has been on this kick where they like to take directors who are really not familiar with big budget sci-fi action blockbusters and then give them Marvel movies. And also, if you ask me, the reason why this is done is largely for diversity. They're just like looking to get women or people of color behind the camera, even if they're not qualified for it. Black chocolate women with big, kinky, luscious hair. We are out here. It is for young women, for women my age, older women, it is gonna be especially encouraging and exciting to have that image, that visual on screen of this badass woman, fully herself, fully embracing all of those things. And it's actually not the most important thing about her. It's actually quite secondary and tertiary to who she is as a person. And that is what's most exciting is that she just gets to live and be as a black woman and who's really great at her job. But it's like when you do that, when you prize things like skin color or gender over actual experience, then yes, you should expect to get people behind the camera that do feel overwhelmed working with CGI heavy movies or movies that are part of a very interconnected Marvel Cinematic Universe. I do want to say a big thank you to today's sponsor, Fume. Now, cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there is a better way to break your bad habits. And we're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your next door neighbor or hypnosis tapes. Instead, we are talking about our sponsor, Fume. You see, Fume looks at the problem a totally different way. See, not every part of your bad habit is wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from bad habit? Fume is an innovative and award-winning device that does just that. Instead of electronic fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses all natural delicious flavors. I mean, you get it. Instead of bad, fume is just good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and it makes replacing your bad habit easier. If you're a fidgeter, this thing really is nifty. It's clicky. It's got a magnetic closure. You can inhale it and look really cool as you do. And right now I have a crisp mint core in here. You see there are different core flavors that you can choose to put in your fume. And so when I take a puff of this, instead of leaving my mouth really gross tasting, it's just minty and refreshing. 
refreshing. So join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the Journey Pack today. Head to tryfume.com and use the code Lauren to save 10% off when you get the Journey Pack today. That is tryfum.com and use the code Lauren to save an additional 10% off your order today. And a huge thank you to Fume for sponsoring this video. And actually speaking about what it was like trying to work within the confines of Marvel, Costa also added, post-production proved to be most challenging. The Marvels shares a bloodline with Captain Marvel and the Miss Marvel TV show, as well as future films. It was really great to play in this world and be part of building this big world, but it made me just really want to build my own world more. So it seems like the parts of this movie that she didn't like, uh, working with a lot of special effects and working within this huge extended universe are basically the main parts of this movie. Again, hard work is good. Being pushed to your limits sometimes is also very good, but this just seems like she should not have been in the role she was given. And it actually seems like the director herself agrees with me on this because she apparently is now so burnt out from working on the Marvels, she's taking a break. It's written that DaCosta insists that her plan after Hedda, her next project, is to take a break, having worked constantly for eight years. Nia, you've been on this for what? Two years. Yeah, and I have another year to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's, it is nice, so you're right. It's nice to like, kind of look up and say, oh, right, this is the world that it's coming into, and they're ready for it. That doesn't really speak of a glowing experience working with Disney Studios, uh, but the bad news for the Marvels doesn't end there. We also have this article after Vanity Fair claimed the Marvels clocked in with a $130 million budget. Forbes now shares the movie's budget is an enormous $274 million. Now, you may be wondering, why does that matter? And actually, doesn't the huge budget speak to how confident Disney is in this project? The fact that they're willing to put so much money behind Brie Larson and this lady director is like, I guess you could look at it that way. But realistically, what this huge number means is that it's going to be even harder for Disney to not only break even on this project, but to actually make a profit. Even though folks over at Disney may have forgotten about it, let me remind all of you folks watching this that yes, actually making a profit, that ideally is the main motivation behind releasing these movies. And actually, as this article explains, one expert claims the Marvels will need to gross at least $439.6 million just to break even. However, this is an extremely conservative conservative prediction using a two times factor based on the net budget. Usually conservative predictions use a 2.5 X factor, which would mean the film needs to hit 549.5 million if you use the net budget that factors in the tax subsidy. Some analysts that explains even use a three times factor. And if you go with that standard, the film would need to gross around $659.4 million to break even. I know you might be thinking, well, Captain Marvel grossed over a billion dollars, so there's no reason to think that the Marvel should fare any different, right? Personally, feel like a lot of the reason why Captain Marvel was so successful financially wasn't because people were just hyped about Brie Larson or the character. I think it's because Captain Marvel was almost made to seem like it was mandatory viewing to understand Endgame, which of course it really wasn't. But hey, at the time, audiences, we didn't know that. And I think a lot of us just went to that movie so we could better understand Endgame, which we were actually excited for. But now that the Infinity Stone saga is over and no one's really excited about Kang, who they tried to set up, do I think that the Marvels will have even a fraction of the excitement that Captain Marvel had? Absolutely not. And that's not even to mention the fact that the Marvels is coming out during a time when superhero fatigue is very, very real. And heck, it's actually further explained here that even on this extremely conservative prediction, that would mean the film has to gross around Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, a film that was marketed as featuring the next big bat of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Kane the Conqueror. And that film petered out at $463.6 million at the global box office. So I want to know from you guys, how are you predicting that the Marvels will fare commercially and critically? Because to me, if your director is already talking about the problems, the challenges 
she faced during the shooting. And it's reported that, heck, you guys spent a lot more money than it was initially thought. None of that is, is spelling good news, in my opinion. That's all I have to say for now, though. And if you enjoyed this video, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time.